This is the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks on KQV with expert advice from CPA, attorney, and retirement and estate planning expert Jim Lang, best-selling author of Retire Secure and the Roth Revolution, Pay Taxes Once, Then Never Again. Now on air and worldwide, paytaxeslater.com. Now get ready to talk smart money. And welcome to the Lang Money Hour. I'm Dan Weinberg, along with CPA and attorney Jim Lang. This week's subject, making the most of your Social Security benefits. And we're happy to welcome Professor Lawrence Kotlikoff back to the program. A renowned economics expert, Dr. Kotlikoff is a distinguished professor of economics at Boston University. He served as a consultant to the World Bank and the IMF, among other organizations, and has provided expert testimony to congressional committees on numerous occasions. Just last year, he was named by The Economist as one of the world's 25 most influential economists. Professor Kotlikoff has also authored or co-authored 17 books and hundreds of professional journal articles. And today, we're going to be focusing on his latest book, Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security, which recently hit number one on the Amazon bestseller list. Now, over the next hour, we'll be talking about some of Jim and Professor Kotlikoff's favorite social security strategies, and they'd like to hear from you and answer some of your questions. To join in the conversation, give us a call here in the studio. The number is 412-333-9385. That's 333-9385. And with that, let's say hello to Jim Lang and welcome to Dr. Lawrence Kotlikoff. Welcome, Larry. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be with you, Jim. Well, I just, I, I just love your book. Um, and the name of the book, again, for our audience, Get What's Yours, The Secrets of Maxing Out Your Social Security, which, you know, I do a lot of Social Security work and I read a lot. And this this book is the best. This is this is just great. But before we get into the meat of the show... Thanks so much, Jim. <laughs> I, I really mean it. it and it's well-deserved to, to be at number one. And, and uh, it's a great resource for people. And some there'll be people that won't like it or they won't like the content of it. But frankly, everything that you say makes so much sense and I'm really on the same wavelength. But before we do get into the to the content, I just do have to tell our our listeners uh, a real quick story. So Larry has been on several times because he's such an excellent guest and he provides so much value for our listeners. And we were talking about Social Security, and then we were also t- talking about Roth IRA conversions. And I actually literally got an idea on air of combining what you're not allowed to do now, which is give back your Social Security um, even for years, and do Roth IRA conversions. And when I was doing my Roth IRA conversion book, I thought I would you know, write about it, but I, Social Security wasn't really my area of expertise. It was, it was uh, Roth IRA conversions. And I was writing about Social Security, and I thought, you know, I better really check this. And who, who in the world, and I really mean this, still mean it today, would be better at checking what I wrote about Social Security? So I sent Larry an email. I didn't even know. You know, he's a big shot professor, very busy. I didn't even know if he was going to respond. Anyway, not only did he respond and make some edits, but he wrote about three pages that really helped clarify the issue. And it was it was just terrific. Anyway, I gave the manuscript to my mom, who was a journalism professor, and not very many paragraphs, let alone pages, escaped her red pen. She just edited everything. And for the entire section that Larry wrote, about three pages, it was the only section at all that didn't have any red marks. And then at the end, my mother, <laughs> not knowing that Larry wrote it, wrote, very good. 
<laughs> so not only is he a brilliant economist with some fabulous information, but he's a great writer. And by the way, the, the, the book is very readable and actually funny. I mean, you obviously have a terrific sense of humor. Well, uh, th- thanks so much. And give your mom a big hug for me, uh, Jim. The, um, the readability is in part to, uh, thanks to my co-authors, Paul Solomon, I'm, uh, many of your listeners may know, is the economics correspondent for PBS NewsHour and has been for many years. So he's a really great expositor of economic issues and financial issues. And the other uh, columnist, uh, well, the other uh, co-author is Phil Moeller, who is a personal finance columnist of long standing. So uh, I think it's you know, a good combination of three different voices. I was more of a technical guru, the nerd, the nerd. Uh, the geek, if you like, and those guys, uh, I think, probably did the most in terms of making it uh, readable. Well, even in terms of fun, making it fun, yeah. Well, even if it's readable and fun, you you are still, and maybe this isn't fair, but let's call it the technical brains of the operation. And you talk about the enormous complexity of this system. So, let's assume that that you're right; it's really complex. Why can't somebody just go to the Social Security office, explain their situation, whether in person or over the phone, get some advice, and why do they have to read your book and hire an advisor and to do all these things when uh, presumably the person at the Social Security office ought to know this stuff? Isn't that reasonable? Well, they ought to, but there are 2,728 rules in the handbook, uh, and then there's in their program operating manual system, there's probably 300,000 rules to explain those 2,728 rules. So the system is enormously complicated. The the uh, staff is not well trained, and not uh, it really takes you years to to get this stuff in your brain. It's so uh, in many ways mind-bogglingly boring. So uh, uh, so I would say that about 40 percent of the time, it's been my experience that people approach us. Social Security, they come away with the wrong advice or the wrong answer. Uh, they're not given, or it's a partial answer. It's it's technically correct, but it's not really helping them go in the right direction. I had a uh, person call the other day um, when I was on the On Point uh, NPR radios, and they told me they went to two different offices and got two different, uh, you know, sets of advice about what they should do, and they. Ex- explain their situation. It turned out that both of the offices were giving the wrong advice, different wrong advice. Now, another example of the problem here is that you can't even rely on Social Security to give you the right benefit estimate. Uh, if you're under 60, they're going to make assumptions about future inflation and wage growth in the economy, which are totally unrealistic. Uh, namely, they're going to assume no inflation any time in the future forever in this country and no wage growth in the country. And those things can bias down the estimate of your future benefits by, you know, if you're 50, by 20%. So they can, so you can't rely on them to give you the right benefit estimate. That would be the minimum uh, you'd expect with respect to retirement benefit. And then for people that are still working, they can often overestimate what your benefit will be because they assume that you're going to keep working until full retirement age. That may not be true. So uh, as a companion to this uh, book, I also have a software program and through my company, which is called MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. That's the website. And uh, I think the book is kind of good ammunition for people to have. Uh, it's like a Social Security Bible. If you've 
figured out what you need to do in general terms, and then there's still some questions specifically what to do. The software can help, but it's very good to have in your brain what you're going to do before you go talk to Social Security. Well, I think that's actually great advice. And again, the name of that software or the place that you can get it is www.maximizemysocialsecurity.com. Again, that's www.maximizemysocialsecurity.com. Well, Larry, can we start with a kind of a basic issue? So let's assume for discussion's sake, and let's let's even talk about a single um, a single taxpayer, and we'll maybe work in some of the spousal strategies later. But let's say a single taxpayer who's 62 years old, and let's say they are retired, and they are saying, well, gee, um, if I start taking the money now, and let's assume that they are in the fortunate position that they don't need the money, so they would be taking the money from so, for, for Social Security, their benefit. They would be investing that money, um, whatever interest rate assumption you want to use. Um, at a certain point, they will have X dollars, but if they waited till age 70, where they're starting at zero compared to if they started at 62, they would obviously have a fair amount of money by the time they were 70. But they're, since they're getting an extra 76% of a benefit plus cost of living, it will eventually, in effect, break even. And depending on what it, interest rates assumptions you use and a few other factors, that might be in the, let's say, early to mid-80s. And a lot of people say, gee, I'm not really sure if I'm going to make it that long. I don't know if the government is still going to be uh, paying out Social Security Maybe I better just take it at 62. How would you respond to somebody who, let's assume for discussion's sake, uh, really doesn't know about their life expectancy? In the mid-80s is probably a reasonable estimate, at least in their mind right now. Well, I'd respond that life expectancy is not really the relevant uh, thing to think about. You need to think about uh, not when you're going to die on average because you're only going to die once. You only have one life to lose, and you have to worry about the worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is to live to 100, to live to your maximum age of life, and let's assume that's 100. Uh, so we're trying to get across the notion in this book, and we do so in Chapter 2 right up front, that people really are, we think, have their heads turned around the wrong way when it comes to thinking about longevity risk and and. Everybody's sure they're going to die on time, but there's no guarantee. You can't, you know, it's not necessarily in the cards. And we're all very focused, of course, on dying. So all the attention we pay is to dying and the and the terrible aspect of that. But if you think about life's real risk, it's not dying, because if you die, you get to go to heaven. Heaven is heavenly, right? There's no problem once you die, you get to be in heaven. The real risk of life is living, is living to 100 and not having enough money to support yourself because you've outlived your money. Now, Social Security, when you give up eight years of low benefits uh, from 62 to 70, in order to be opening up a check from age 70 possibly to 100, it's 76% larger every single month, month in and month out. Uh, that's they, The money you give up for those eight years is really paying a premium, and the extra benefits you get is really the extra annuity, if you like, uh, that you're that you bought. 
And it's a fantastic investment. It's inflation-protected. It's got a built-in 3% real return, even over and above the issue of, of, um, of uh, longevity, uh, that aspect of the annuity uh, payoff. So, you know, a good analogy here, Jim, would be thinking about a homeowner's policy. Suppose we were to think about breaking even on a homeowner's policy. We would, you know, we'd take the value of our home times the probability it burns down. That would be the expected payoff from that investment. And then we compare it with a premium. Well, if we thought about it that way, none of us would ever buy homeowner's insurance. Instead, we look at, we realize we only have one house that's either going to burn down or not. We have to worry about it burning down, even though the chance is very small. We look at that worst-case scenario, and we buy homeowner's insurance to protect us against that worst-case scenario. Even if it's very expensive, we do it. Here, the worst-case scenario is living to 100, and we need to buy insurance for that possibility. And the Social Security is giving us this insurance opportunity, that this opportunity to buy insurance at this incredibly low price, if you like, to think about it that way. So that's what we're trying to get across uh, that people should be patient. That's kind of rule one in our three uh, rules for how to maximize your Social Security benefits. Well, do, do most people get this right? Or, you know, particularly we're going to get into some of the spousal issues, but do people get this right? If 40% of the people that actually go to the Social Security office walk away with wrong answers or, let's say, suboptimal answers, it sounds like there might be a lot of people making some pretty serious Social Security mistakes. Is that true? I think virtually everybody's getting this wrong. You know, we have 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day. They almost all take their money, the Social Security benefits, as soon as possible. In the process, they give up this opportunity to ensure their uh, longevity, to deal with their longevity risk in a, in a terrifically inexpensive and safe manner. They also, by not thinking carefully of what they're doing, uh, they can lose benefits because Social Security won't pay two benefits at once, and you need to time your benefits, which benefit you're going to take first so that you can take one benefit by itself and then uh, and then get the other one because, again, Social Security won't give you two benefits. Once will just give you the larger of the two, in, in which, which means that one of the two benefits, if you try and take them both at once, wipe out the other. So the uh, strategy for maximizing your benefits is to take one benefit early and uh, wait to take the other benefit. Now, in the case of somebody who's single, never married, never will be married, there's only one benefit involved here, which is the retirement benefit. But we're talking, if we're talking about somebody who is married, then there's a spousal benefit in play. If we're talking about somebody who's uh, widowed, there's a survivor, uh, a widow benefit or a widow benefit. If we're talking about a divorced person who was married for 10 or more years, we're talking about a divorcee spousal benefit and a divorcee uh, widow benefit, potentially, um, when the ex passes away. There's also child benefits for young children. If you're collecting a retirement benefit or a police filed for it, your child under 19, if they're still in school, can collect on your record, or if they're disabled before 22, they can collect. There's also child and care spouse benefits. So if you're married and you've got a child who's I know a 68-year-old uh, friend of mine who's uh, uh, got young children. They're just juniors in high school. They're going to collect uh, on his record. Uh, he's, he didn't realize, but he could have been uh, filing earlier 
And then the mom would also have been able to collect a child and care spousal benefit because she had young children who were collecting a, a benefit on his record. And there's also mother and father benefits for uh, the parents of uh, deceased uh, spouses and or ex-spouses who have uh, young children or disabled children. There's even a benefit for parents. You, you mentioned your mom. Well, suppose you were providing most of the financial support for your mom and you passed away. She could collect about 82.5% of your full retirement benefit as a uh, parental benefit, a parent benefit. So there are all these benefits, and most people know nothing about them. And the first thing they say is, well, I better get my money because if I don't get it and I die right away, I'll lose it. Well, if I die right away, I'll be in heaven. I'm, I won't be unhappy. That's that's the right. So, so our rules are be patient. The second rule is to understand all your benefits. And the third rule is to time your benefits so that you can take over your uh, retirement years more than one benefit and you don't zap or eliminate one of these two benefits. Well, I hope we have some people who are in their 60s instead of 70s listening to this show because I can't tell you. Now, now we have made the study of Social Security a very serious issue at the Lang Financial Group. In fact, we took one of our estate attorneys who's very quantitative and basically said, you're going to be the social security expert and she read all types of books and we bought all kinds of programs and things like that i can't tell you how many times or even when i give my social security workshop i can't tell you how many people have said oh i wish i would have known that and they are forever compromised so to me in that workshop that i give which we'll actually put in a little plug for um i just hope that i get people who are not too late to take some of take advantage of some of the great strategies that you are recommending. It's it's really just an incredible difference. All right, again, that's Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security, which I would recommend anybody of Social Security years, anywhere between 62 and 70, or actually probably is broader than that. But certainly if you're between 62 and 70 and you have a spouse of that age, I wouldn't even think about it. I would get that book. The other resource that Larry offers is uh, his website um, that, that is Social Security Software, which can be found at www.maximizemysocialsecurity.com. Again, that's www.maximizemysocialsecurity.com. Um, now, software that he has um, either written or participated in, um, which, I've, which I've thought the world of for a long time um, is software that it's not just limited to Social Security but actually incorporates a lot of different aspects um, can be found at www.esplanner.com again that's www.esplanner.com and then one that I didn't know about until actually yesterday um, he has a website for people who are considering divorce called www.fairdivorcedecisions.com. Again, that's www.fairdivorcedecisions.com. But the main thing we're talking about is his recent book, Get What's Yours, The Maxing, the Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security. So when we were during, during the break, Dan said, well, well gee, um, don't sometimes people take Social Security because they have to, and I said that I'm actually more worried 
And it's even more important for people who are on the edge. In other words, the decisions that you make if, let's say, you have a $300,000 estate for Social Security are much more important than, let's say, if you have a $3 million estate, because though, yes, you could be much better off if you have the $3 million estate, it might not make as big a difference in your lifestyle. Um, Larry, how do you deal with the issue of when people sometimes just have a hard time getting by with that if they're holding off on their Social Security? And what if the only assets they could spend while they're waiting to get their Social Security is their IRA? What, what, what would you tell somebody like in that situation? Well, first of all, I mean, the first thing I would do is tell everybody to work as long as possible, part-time, full-time, whatever you can do, stay in the game because physically, psychologically, financially, it's just keep working as long as you can. Uh, the, um, the second thing I'd say is if you uh, have other resources, whether it's IRAs or um, assets, regular assets or not, retirement accounts, if you've got... Uh, Think about using those to get by so that you can pursue the optimal Social Security uh, claiming strategy, which is not always to wait till 70 to collect. Uh, I can give you some examples where it's not always optimal, but because, uh, for example, I, I know a 50, 40, uh, 65-year-old, sorry, 63-year-old guy who's um, asked, who uh, uh, inquired about um, what he should do, the optimal thing for him to do is to take his retirement benefit right away because he has a child who's disabled, who's young, and his uh, wife is not working. She's 45. So he's 63. She's 45. If he takes his retirement benefit right away, he can activate child and care spouse benefits for the wife and a child benefit for the son. And he'll lose on his benefits a bit because he'll take his retirement benefit early. But at 66, at full retirement age, he can suspend it and start it up again at 70. And the uh, and this will yeah reduce somewhat his lifetime benefits for, his, for himself, but it, the benefits for his family members will go up, so the total family ben, the total family benefits will be higher. So, uh, so again, it's not always the optimal strategy just to wait, uh, but so I just talked about two options here, which is for somebody who's really tight on cash, working longer if possible, uh, using your retirement accounts if, if needed, uh, another option would be to uh, borrow money off your on your house if it's not at too high an interest rate, knowing that you're going to have the funds in the future from a larger social security check to pay back the the mortgage. There are reverse mortgages, which I think are uh, somewhat dangerous ways to borrow um, uh, because it helps you uh, in one respect because if you live for a very long time, the bank, in effect, owns your house, and you get to stay there for free. But if you have to move out early in life to a nursing home or to live with your kids or near your kids, then uh, the bank makes out, and you've, in effect, gambled on whether or not you're going to have to move. So there's pluses and minuses to reverse mortgages. Another thing you might do is team up with your kids and think about, can they help you out for a while so that you can pay them back with a higher Social Security check? This is really a family and intergenerational decision. Kids should be buying the book to help their parents and grandparents, depending on the age of the parents and grandparents, to make sure that uh, they get the most out of what you know Social Security because they paid this money and they shouldn't lose the money on the table. 
And if they don't get the most, if the parents and the grandparents don't get the most, the kids are going to be not getting as much from their relatives, but also then they have to shell out themselves to help their relatives. So this is kind of a joint optimization problem. But you're absolutely right. If somebody is desperate, they have absolutely no other sources of money, they can't work, uh, then they're going to have to take their benefits early, and and uh, that's that. I mean, it's it's not all that fair the way this system is set up. There's a lot of inequities. But the other thing is, uh, some people may be able to need to take their benefits early, but at full retirement age, you do have an option to get back into the game of raising your benefit by suspending it for at full retirement age and starting it up again at 70 at a 32% higher inflation-adjusted level. So uh, anybody who's listening right now who felt that they made a mistake in taking their Social Security benefits early and if they're below age 80 they do, and above full retirement age, they do have the op- option right away to suspend the benefit and uh, for every year that they suspend it, the benefit will start up 8% higher at 70 when you start it up again. And by the way, that's a relatively frequent recommendation that we make after running the numbers. And even though the, ma- the main book that we're talking about is called Get What's Yours, The Secret to Maxing Out Your Social Security, and again, the primary author, or the, the, our guest is Larry Kotlikoff, K-O-T-L-I-K-O-F-F, which I'm going to highly recommend. Larry wrote another book called Spend Till the End, and one of the points that I liked about that book is you were saying holding off on Social Security doesn't mean that you're living like a pauper between 62 and 70, but knowing that you're going to get the higher benefit later on, you can actually afford to go into your portfolio and more or less spend what you would have received, potentially an argument for even more. So this isn't a, a, a be, be a Spartan lifestyle now so you can live it up later. This is actually the idea of actually spending more money, not less. Is that fair? Absolutely, Jim. Yeah, it's, uh, that book and economics, entire approach, and, you know, again, I'm an economist professor at Boston University of Economics. Our, our approach is that uh, to try and get people the highest living standard on a sustainable basis. So the goal is not to starve now and party when you're 90, nor is it to splurge now and starve when you're 90. The party, the goal is to have a smooth ride, and that's really what the ES Planner software is about, is trying to find a, the smoothest living standard path for the household. And you're absolutely right. If you can, if you have some resources on hand or you can keep working, uh, and then you do something to raise your, your income after age 70 from social, social Security, that means you can afford to spend more before 70. So it can be a win-win situation. You can have a higher living standard now and also a higher living standard later. Well, I, I think that that's a great point. And um, the other thing is you, you talked about you're not necessarily getting nothing till 70. So let's talk about what one of my favorite, in fact, I would even say it is my favorite Social Security strategy, and you explain it very well in the book and the application of it. But can we talk a little bit about apply and suspend? And maybe we'll take this simple example when both husband and wife, so now we're getting into the area of spousal benefits. Um, so let's uh, take the simple example when husband and wife are both 66 years old, and let's be sexist for a moment and assume that the husband had the higher earnings record. And let's say they came in to see you, and they, although I know that you actually don't really do this as a service, but um, or they looked at your software, what is, or even read your book, what do you think is a likely 
positive outcome for two married husband and wife couple, husband with a stronger earnings record, both retired, uh, and they are or will be 66 years old. So the higher earner, the husband, uh, by assumption, would suspend his benefit right at 66, which is currently the full retirement age. So he goes in and uh, says, look, I'd like to uh, activate my benefit, but I want to suspend it immediately. So I want to, want to file and suspend. And by doing that, he permits his uh, wife to file just for a spousal benefit. And, and that avoids her taking her own retirement benefit and her spousal benefit at the same time, which they shall wipe out one because she'll just get the larger of the two, basically. So by doing this, she can collect a spousal benefit, a full spousal benefit, which will be 50% of the husband's full retirement benefit every year, year in, year in and year out through age 70. So that's four years of a benefit. And then she can file at 70 for her own retirement benefit, and if it's larger than her spousal benefit, she'll get that from that point on. The husband will restart his retirement benefit at 70, and because he's waited till 70, if he passes away, and husbands typically pass away before wives, because males die sooner than women, uh, his entire check will go to her as a widow benefit. And because, in other words, his age 70 check... So the widow benefit, unlike the spousal benefit, is not based on your full retirement benefit, but, but it's based on your actual benefit received. So every year that he waits to collect his retirement benefit, he's upping the amount of widow benefit that his wife can potentially get if he passes away before she does. He's also, if he was married, let's say, three times in the past to different women uh, or men, if, it, if he's, uh, well... Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that one. It wouldn't be possible, but if you've been married for 10 years each to three women, uh, all three of them would receive higher uh, higher uh, uh, widow, divorcee widow benefits when he passes away. And they can all collect spouse benefits on his record as well. They can all wait till full retirement age and file just for a retirement benefit, a spouse benefit, and collect uh, full spouse benefits on his record. All right, just so everybody understands this, so let's say you have two 66-year-old husband and wife. Husband is applying for Social Security, uh, but suspending. So then what's happening is even though he's not getting a check, his Social Security benefit is going up by 8% per year between 66 and 70, meaning when he eventually takes it 70, it'll be 32% higher. His wife is actually taking half of what he would be entitled to at 66. But here's the beautiful thing about that. Her benefit is continuing to grow, and the fact that she's taking half his doesn't hurt her benefit. The fact that she's taking half his doesn't hurt his benefit. His benefit keeps growing, which is going to be a protection for her. And then if we have the bonus of a couple ex-spouses, that's going to be even better for, let's call it the big family. But even forgetting the the ex-spouses, um, this is enormously powerful. This is free money. This is free money. So the, the origins of this book is my co-author, Paul Solomon, didn't know about this uh, full or free spouse benefit. We'll call it free spouse benefit, if you like. And I told him about this over tennis. This is what we describe in Chapter 1. And within two minutes, I made him $50,000. Uh, a few weeks later, I was having dinner with uh, a um, economist from 
of Brown University, Glen Lowry, right bright guy. He knew nothing about widower benefits. His wife had passed away a couple years earlier, tragically, and and he was about to leave. Paul was about to lose fifty thousand dollars. Leave that on the table. Uh, Glenn was about to lose one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So I made Glenn one hundred twenty thousand dollars in about two minutes. Uh, both of these guys had to pay for dinner. Uh, my my friend Dana the other night I made him fifteen thousand uh, dollars. He's sixty eight. He has some kids. He can get child benefits for them. It just it's on and on and on. It's it's rare that we can't do something for somebody, and the book uh, lays all that out, and the software helps then for uh, for difficult cases. But but getting back to your point that these auxiliary benefits, the spouse benefit and the widow benefit, the divorcee spouse and the divorcee widow, the child. And, uh, these benefits can help you get by through to age 70 as well, financially. So so it's very important. Uh, you can't, again, if you go to Social Security and say, I'd like to do X, Y, or Z, uh, you need to know what you're asking for because you may be eligible for something. They won't tell you about it. I'll give you one uh, clear example of Social Security's mistakes. Uh, when Paul went after I told him that he could go get a full spouse benefit that his wife had to file and suspend, she's a little bit older, and that he should then go, at full retirement age, <clears throat> to Social Security and ask just for a spouse benefit while deferring his own retirement benefit. He called them up on the phone to ask to do this, and they and the lady was a very nice lady on the phone. She said, "No, you can't do that. You can't file just for your spouse benefit uh, at this age." And she, he said, "Yes, I can." And she said, "No, I can." And it went back and forth. Finally, she got a supervisor, and she came back to Paul and she, she said, "You're right. You can." And I'm really happy you you taught me this. And I'm going to tell everybody, I, you know, all the future people that come asking me uh, how to do this. That's exactly what happened. That's a romantic story. Well, anyway, people don't necessarily have to buy you dinner, but at a lower oh, no. cost than yeah. dinner, what they can do is the book Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security by Larry Kotlikoff, uh, the accompanying software, which I was, I'm going to recommend, um, which is MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. Again, MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. Uh, Larry's traditional uh, financial planning software that has much more than uh, Social Security is ESPlanner.com. Again, ESPlanner.com. And then the new one that I just learned about, so I can't, I can't really endorse it because I don't know it. The other two I, I really like. But the new one is FairDivorceDecisions.com, and that's for people who are getting divorced. Divorce, uh, if, you're, if you're married, if we go back to that 66-year-old couple, only one of them can get a uh, full spouse benefit because of the technicalities of the rules. But if they were to get divorced, uh, they could both collect uh, and well, if they were to get divorced at 64, they have to be divorced for two years. Uh, they can both then collect a divorcee spouse benefit on each other, assuming that they had been married for 10 years before they divorced. So, so that- divorcees have an advantage, and so there's an advantage to get divorced, live in sin, and at 70, get remarried. So now you're talking about gaming the system where you're having two 64-year-olds get divorced, so then at 66, they could each claim a spousal benefit for each other, continue to get an 8% raise on their money, and then hopefully, by the way, get remarried at 70. By the way, big problems if they die with an IRA, particularly with some of the IRA rules coming. But there are some really interesting things that you could take some of the information in your book and game the system. 
maybe we'll talk about one or two of those ways after yeah, our break. Yeah, I'm not so much interested in game. I'm not. Yeah, I know, I know you're not. I'm not really trying to game the system. I'm trying to. Uh, I think the system needs to be frozen in place and changed overnight. I think the system is out of, out of control, crazy complex. It's a disgrace the way it's set up, and it's underfinanced 33%. It's worse shape than the Detroit pensions. I'm not for gaming the system. I'm for fixing the system. And the only way I, I've tried for years to scream about how underfunded this is, one way I think to really make Congress pay attention is to explain all the crazy, wacky things that they have put in place over the years and get their attention to to fix this from scratch. You can't take this cobweb of, of uh, provisions, 300,000 rules, and pick, fix it piecemeal. You need to really freeze the system, the current system in place, pay off what you owe to people that have contributed, but then put a rational, simple system in place for at the margin for, for workers. The Lang Money Hour continues on KQV AM 1410. For all your financial needs, turn to the Lang Financial Group in Squirrel Hill. For more information, visit online at paytaxeslater.com. Let's talk more smart money with CPA, attorney, and retirement and estate planning expert, Jim Lang. And welcome back to the Lang Money Hour. And uh, we had a call during the break, a listener who did not want to go on the air but did have a question for Jim Lang and for uh, Dr. Lawrence Kotlikoff. And here's that question. He said, if a person took Social Security early at age 62 and is now 68, is there anything that can be done to modify that now uh, since uh, you guys tonight are recommending waiting until 70 to take Social Security? Do you want to take that one, Larry? Sure, he could suspend his benefit immediately and start it up at uh, 70 at a 16% higher level. So every month he will be opening a 16% higher check, larger check for the rest of his life, and it could be through age 100. Uh, I'll give you an example of somebody who um, I know who's 68, who's in a different situation. He was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I ran into him at a different party. He's a, a terrific doctor here in Boston. And uh, he told me uh, that he had just uh, recently gone to Social Security and asked them what to do. And they said, well, you need to take your benefit immediately because you're, because you're about to pass away. So you're just going to lose the money if you don't. Uh, it's important to take it. Well, that was the wrong advice because he has a 65-year-old wife who ha- didn't earn much money. And if he takes his retirement benefit at 68, his wife's widow benefit when he passes away, which will likely be about two years from now, uh, will be 16% smaller than it would otherwise be if he were to just wait and never collect even a penny, uh, and he passed away at 70, his wife is going to collect a 16% higher check starting from 67 through 100. That's like 33 years of collecting a 16% higher check. When I explained this to him, he instantly realized that he made the wrong decision. And since he'd filed and he still had a year to undo his mistake, he went back and undid it. And so, uh, so this um, this issue of one of you know, even for somebody who's got a very short lifespan, a maximum lifespan, uh, it may still be optimal to to wait or to suspend your benefit if you've already been taking it and started up again. Uh, if he had, if we talk, if this doctor had taken his benefit starting at 62 and he was 68, it would be optimal for him to suspend it at 68 because his wife would get a 16% higher check uh, 
she'll be collecting his check, and it will be increased. His suspended check will be then increased uh, in the form of the widow benefit by 16%. Again, we are talking with Dr. Larry Kotlikoff, the author of Get What's Yours, The Secret to Maxing Out Your Social Security, a book I highly recommend. He also has software at www.maximizemysocialsecurity.com. Again, maximizemysocialsecurity.com. The software that I really like, which is Social Security and financial planning software, is uh, esplanner.com. Again, esplanner.com. And then a new one that, frankly, I can't endorse because I just didn't know about it until yesterday, uh, but knowing Larry, it's probably terrific, is FairDivorceDecisions.com. Again, FairDivorceDecisions.com. So, so, so I'll mention just real quick, Jim, just what that does. It, it, um, it uses the ES Planner software. We actually do the calculations for people so they don't have to deal with uh, software. And they just give us their information. And we just figure out the two living standards of each spouse under any given divorce agreement. So we get to show people, gee, you get to live, if you go with this divorce agreement, the husband's living standard will be here, the wife's will be here, and then you can think about whether that's fair or not. So that's the, that's the whole game plan. It's a service rather than a software program. We do the calculations for people. All right. Well, again, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be a smart thing for somebody going through a divorce, and I don't know if the divorce attorneys are saying, yeah, that'll be great or... That'll be miserable. But one of the points that you brought up for your um, for your terminally ill doctor is that, and just in general, even forgetting terminal illness, that that men do do die sooner than women. And by taking Social Security at sixty two, a man is not only dooming himself to a lower rate for the rest of his life, but he's also assuming he's the primary earner, uh, dooming his spouse to a, a lower standard of living and, for the rest of his life. And his ex-spouse, and any children that may be collecting uh, child survivor benefits on his record. If you have a disabled child, uh, or even young children, which is possible, uh, they will collect less when he passes away. But isn't this kind of an, a woman's issue? Because let's say for discussion's sake that the woman um, is obviously interested or should be interested in not only his but also her own financial security, and let's say he just can't wait and he just really wants to take it at 62, um, shouldn't the wife at this point say, wait, hang on a second, this isn't just about you, this is about us, and isn't this Absolutely. A, a really really a woman's issue? It's and a I, joint decision. It's even an ex-spouse's issue in divorces because they, their benefit is going to be affected by what the, uh, the ex is going to do here. And so they should be aware that if they're on some kind of decent terms with people, uh, with their ex, they should have a conversation. Look, uh, you know, if you're really indifferent uh, to be taking an hour versus waiting, I'm not. <laughs> because you're going to hurt me as well, you know, also hurt yourself, but you're going to hurt me too. So this is a uh, interconnected uh, decision-making and, process here. And that ex-spouse might be the co-parent of your common child. Um, the, yeah. other, the other advantage that we didn't talk about, and I just have to slip it in because I can't help myself, an other advantage of some of the waiting strategies, uh, holding off till 70, even the apply and suspend strategies, is a lot of times, so, let's, so people are, let's say, assume that we are, that you are retired. 
you're not yet 70, so you don't have income from your job or your wages. You, I know you know what's coming, Larry. You don't have your minimum required distributions from your IRA. And you're likely to be, and, you're, and we're doing these holding off strategies for Social Security, you're likely to be in the lowest tax bracket that you'll ever be in for the rest of your life. And that's the perfect time to make Roth IRA conversions. So one of the little twists that I do in my Social Security workshop is I not only explain many of the important concepts that you're talking about, but I also add in the synergy of holding off on Social Security and then doing Roth IRA conversions. Um, Absolutely, which, yeah. This is uh, another way to to get a higher living standard, which is end up paying less taxes. And you're absolutely right, uh, Jim, taking money out that's taxable and paying the taxes when the rate is low, and then converting the money rather than spending it, put it into a Roth IRA, and then take uh, when you take the Roth money out later in life after age 70, uh, the nice thing about that is it's not going to trigger higher Social Security benefit taxation. It's not going to trigger any additional, any Social Security benefit. It has no implications for Social Security benefit taxation, whereas withdrawals from a 401K or a regular IRA would. So there's really three advantages here. There's, you know, you optimize your Social Security. You be patient. If that turns out to be the optimal strategy, you take your retirement account, taxable retirement account withdrawals at its point where the tax rate is low, and then you are into Roths, you convert into Roths where the withdrawals from the Roth in the future don't trigger a higher Social Security benefit taxation. Yeah, and, and the other thing is if you do your Roth conversions while you're taking Social Security, that will increase the taxation on your Social Security. So you might think you're in the 15% bracket, but you might be closer to the 40% bracket if you consider the fact that you're bumping up your tax on Social Security. Right. So it really so is a... Timing in life is everything, right? Well, it, it, it really is. Um, unfortunately, we only have a just a few minutes left. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell our listeners, let's say within the next two minutes, um, you know, you have some great strategies on page 127 and 129, but you might there might be one other thing that you want to tell our listeners. And before I give you a chance to do that, I'll say um, that people should be getting your book, uh, Larry Kotlikoff's book, Get What's Yours, The Secret to Maxing Out Your Social Security, the software MaximizingMySocialSecurity.com, the financial planning software that's much more than Social Security, ESPlanner.com, and then a service for people going through a divorce called um, that can be found at FairDivorceDecisions.com. Any, any parting words for our listeners, Larry? Well, uh, I would say that it's important for everybody to realize that they're different. Uh, what their neighbor does, what their parents did, uh, it doesn't mean that their brothers did what means uh, what you should do. Uh, everybody's in a different boat. The optimal strategy, if you've got a spouse who's 10 years younger, is different than if you have a spouse who's two years older. So in the book, in, in addition to putting across the general ideas here, uh, we have chapters, separate chapters for people that are uh, gay. Uh, we have people who are disabled, dis disability chapter, uh, if you're married, divorced, single, never married. So it's important to uh, to refer to this volume and then refer to it again and again because uh, some of the stuff needs to be repeated in your brain so you get it exactly right before you go off and do something. Social Security has 
many pitfalls. It's got these traps, and we have a chapter called 25 Gotchas, where we lay out 25 big traps that Social Security lays for us in trying to get our benefits. And then there's another chapter called 50 Secrets. So even if you just read those two chapters, it would be worth the price of the book. Thanks for listening to the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks. Check out the show archives and listen on demand anytime at paytaxeslater.com.